What do you do if a winter storm leaves you under three feet of snow? You pull out the toboggan, bundle up, and celebrate the joy of winter. If you're a New Belgium brewer, you decide there's no better place to weather a storm than a brewery, and you start experimenting. Hmm, what about this dark caramel roasted midnight wheat? Shovel it in. A blizzard of hops? Why not? We present our new winter seasonal, Snow Day Winter Ale. And every time it snows this winter in Fort Collins, you could win glassware. Enter at newbelgium.com. New Belgium Brewing. Follow your folly. Ours is beer. With additional support from Kuat Racks and Patagonia. This is The Shorts, and you're listening to The Dirtbag Diaries. North County Dublin in Ireland has fields, sandy beaches, green and woody public parks. There are pubs, lots of pubs, the occasional thatched cottage and golf courses. But there are no mountains and there is no snow. I first saw mountains when I was 19 and in my second year of college. College had not proven to be the adventure I thought it would. I was still living at home out of financial necessity getting the train in and out to the city 40 minutes away, day after day, glumly munching away on my homemade sandwiches at lunchtime. God, I wanted some excitement. With this in mind, two friends and I scrimped our savings together and headed off to the Pyrenees on a cheapo week-long snowboarding trip. Snowboards slung faux nonchalantly under our arms on the first day. The three of us walked down to the resort base to start a set of lessons. I remember big, big mountains, blue sky contrasting with white snow, many falls and crashes, a collective crush on our instructor, and a great sense of achievement when I was able to link some wobbly turns, sort of. I was in love. Heading home, it was clear that a yearly trip to the mountains simply wasn't going to satisfy my newfound craving for snowy adventures. Now. Instead of a vague, unspecified dissatisfaction about the prospect of finishing my degree, then spending hours every day stuck in the commuter crush whilst paying off an exorbitant mortgage, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a ski bum. For the next few years, all my money went on snowboarding trips and gear. Finishing college, I applied for a one-year working holiday visa for Canada. The Canadian government sent me glossy pamphlets filled with pictures. The Toronto skyline, aquamarine lakes and the prairie expanse of golden wheat. I intended to bypass them all and head straight for the hills of beautiful British Columbia. Choosing which ski hill to spend the winter at was like throwing a dart at a map. Since one leap into the unknown had as good a chance of success as the next, I ended up in Fernie Alpine Resort in the southeastern Kootenay region of the province. In Fernie I discovered both the volume and quality of powder snow that interior BC receives. And little in the world rivals fresh lines on a powder day. That weightless, almost transcendental feeling of flying through bottomless snow. The ecstatic cries, the spontaneous shouts of surprise delight. Then arriving at the bottom of the run, cheeks flushed, eyes aflame, hair matted damp under your helmet, panting with exertion. 
whooping and high-fiving your friends as you take the chairlift to do it over and over again until you're too cold for any more. Life in Fernie possessed a stellar clarity and intensity. I'd ask my friends on a chairlift how skiing made them feel. Free, like nothing else in the world matters, came the responses. But the adjective which repeated itself more than any other was alive. Load as I am to use the cliché at one with nature. When out in the mountains, you're in a state of heightened awareness, every reflex poised. Colours seem more vivid. Every sound from the panting of your breath to the snow turning under your board is amplified. It makes snowboarding into the quasi-spiritual. The stereotype of BC being full of granola-eating, Birkenstock-clad hippies may also start to ring true at this point. Am I invisible? These fleeting, ephemeral moments were as addictive as any drug and indeed similarly hijacked my life. I'd do anything to get my fix. I lived hand to mouth and moved halfway around the world to work minimum wage services industry jobs to get by. During my first winter in Canada, I'd landed badly on my wrist and needed a plaster cast. Two days later, the mercury plummeted to minus 24. Nonetheless, I left the house at 6am to walk for half an hour in the pitch black through the snowy woods so I could hitch a ride to my minimum wage job as a day lodge cashier. I walked through the woods in the cheekbone slicing cold, pulling the sleeve of my jacket down over the cast as I went. But I didn't resent it. Quite the opposite. I remember thinking, there's little else besides skiing and snowboarding from which I'd quite happily be in this situation. My friend Lena is a doctor who's dealt with her fair share of alcoholics and addicts. She recently asked me a few rudimentary questions about my relationship with the snow. Has it affected things with your family? Let me see. Chasing the endless winter means I've spent nine weeks in the past two and a half years in the same continent, let alone country, as my family. Have other people commented about it? Have their comments made you angry? Well, you know, just now and again. Has it had detrimental effect on your work life? My what? Ha! I'm not going to even credit that with a response. Is it the first thing you think about in the morning? Absolutely. Have you tried to give up and failed? Right. I see what you're getting at. But I can stop any time I want. Any time I want. While I haven't turned to larceny or prostitution yet to fund my habit, since I first cranked snowboard bindings and then clicked into skis a few minutes later, my major life decisions have ensured I'd be able to ski and snowboard as much as possible. After spending one winter in BC, I dropped out of a full PhD scholarship at Oxford three months in. For those three months, I'd been pining to return to the mountains. You can imagine how the dropping out of Oxford phone call went down at my parents. I reckon you don't just test your mettle during your on-snow experiences. Those moments where you're frozen by the fear. Dry mouth and heart pounding, clutching your ski poles for dear life, trying to psych yourself up to make that first turn. But just as significant are the ancillary moments and lifestyle choices you make to fuel your addiction. 
after spending four months living the ski bum dream in BC. Last year I moved to Dunedin, New Zealand, to give this PhD thing a bash second time round. Why New Zealand? To ensure proximity to the snow and the Southern Alps. Priorities, after all. To assimilate into Kiwi culture, I started skiing at the local club fields. Small, non-profit ski fields dotted around the Canterbury region of the South Island. Their method of getting up the hill is via a uniquely Kiwi innovation, rope toes. Ropes whiz through a series of pulleys, powered by a generator or tractor engine. Because of the speed, fast, and the pitch, steep, you can't just grab hold. Instead, you outfit yourself with a climbing type harness that goes around your waist. Attached to this harness is a metal device called a nutcracker. Yep, it looks like an oversized nutcracker. In theory, you grab the rope with one hand, having placed a glove protector over your ski glove, and let the rope pull you up to speed. With your other hand, you flick the nutcracker over the rope, quickly clamp it shut, and let it drag you uphill. It's an acquired skill set, I'll say that much. But hey, by any means necessary. Certain things might be different in the Southern Hemisphere. Maybe there's not the bountiful powder of Canada out here, nor the high-speed quads. North-facing slopes get the sun, and the roaring winds that batter the main divide act as a reminder that the next stop south is the Antarctic. And sure, I've been left battered, tattered and bruised learning to ski in NZ style. But in anticipation of a trip to the hills, I still get as excited as a dog chasing its tail around in circles. And being in the mountains is still where I feel the most alive and the most like myself. As far as I'm concerned, this is just the next chapter in my love affair with the snow. My name is Lisa McGonagall, and this is my short. When Lisa's not snowboarding or studying for exams, she's a writer. A recent book, Snowdrift, chronicles her time in BC. We'll post a link on our website. Music today by Apollo Brown, ADC Bicycle, and Turbine. For more information about the artist and links to download the songs for free, go to our website, dirtbagdiaries.com. Support for the show comes from New Belgium Brewing. This season, they're celebrating the release of Snow Day Winter Ale by giving away free glassware. Upload a photo and you'll automatically be entered into a drawing that occurs every time it snows at the Fort Collins Brewery. Fun, tasty, and thrifty. Visit newbelgium.com. Kuat Racks also makes the show possible. They are the makers of a better bike rack. With aluminum construction, innovative design, and a lifetime warranty, they're creating racks with you, their fellow riders, in mind. Check out their full lineup at kuatracks.com. Additional support also comes from the good people at Patagonia. I'm Fitzgerald. Hall, that was Lisa McGonigal, and you've been listening to the Dirtbag Diaries.